DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80. The Zone was brought to you in part by Rough Tough Products. Rough Tough sets the industry standard for custom seat covers for cars, trucks, SUVs, and UTVs. Get the best-fitting seat covers for the make, model, and year of your vehicle and do business with a Utah company that's been around since 1976. Check them out today at roughtough.com. That's roughtough.com. Yeah, it's appropriate that Rough Tough is advertising with our show. That's what I bring every day. Passion. Belief. Intensity. I got you popular right here. I'm about making a point. And I think I made my point rather well today. All those agree, honk your horn right now. (laughs) I didn't cut you off. Why are you honking your, honking your horn? <laughs> Go on. There's some crazy driving in your neighborhood last weekend. I honked my horn big time. I laid on the horn. That's because you're hot tempered. Yeah, right? Stayed 90th. Megan left. Dude ran the red light. Three of us got cut off. Stood on our brakes. But I was hot tempered one who laid on the horn. How are these NBA teams able to keep winning playoff games without their best players? And Hector tweets at us, we often forget that the guys at the end of the bench that rarely play can still get buckets. Not if they don't play. Jonathan says, major buckets. Yeah, we highlight the stars, rightfully so, but every single dude on an NBA bench is a cold cat. Look at Elijah Bryant and Sam Merrill. What about them? (laughs) <laughs> that Jonathan, by the way, is Jonathan Tavernari. Oh. <laughs> He's pumping up his guys. Sure, yeah. A couple of Utah guys, it's great. That's the thing about the Clippers, though, is those guys who came through, they play. You know, they're not just sitting on the end of the bench. They don't have big games all the time, but they're at least getting out on the floor with some degree of regularity. Well, the Jazz had nine guys who were getting out on the floor with regularity. Right, but without Conley, that drops to eight. Yes, true story. And Favors is a one-dimensional guy. Now we're at seven. Right. So if you're looking for because we're gonna we're not gonna remember Terrence Mann for his great defense. <laughs> right, we're gonna remember for sturdy. Remember him for lining up corner threes. Right. So that's what you're looking for. And the same thing with Reggie Jackson. You're you're gonna remember and Marquise Moore or uh is it Marquise or Marcus? Marcus. Yeah, Marcus. So Marcus Morris, that's what you're gonna remember him for, right? And so it's we thought the Jazz had all this great shooting, but then in the postseason, man, it got really, really thin. Right, you got Mike gone, and obviously Favors is not go- he's not on the team and not playing 15 minutes a game to score, particularly obviously from the outside. So you're right. Now you you are down to seven, and Rudy isn't much of a scorer, certainly not in the three point range, zero. Now you're down to six. And it seemed like the Clippers, they had seven or eight guys. 
capable of hitting two or three or four. And in the case of Man, even beyond that, obviously, big uh, three-pointers. And it seemed like Jackson, I don't know what he shot, but it seemed like, man, when he was open, he never missed. So the, in a sense, those were almost like bonus points. And the Jazz didn't have anybody giving them bonus points. So as much as we scream we want guys to play 82 games, then what you really need is to develop that depth and to have more guys get experience is you need everybody to sit 20 games a year. I mean, one of the reasons the Clippers have so much depth and so many guys get to play is that they don't have guys playing those massive minutes, right? Kawhi, I mean, Kawhi Leonard's at the... But, but Paul George missed a bunch of games, well, they usually too. miss about 20. Yeah. Give or take. And this year, Kawhi missed exactly 20. Paul missed 18. And so that, Which is a higher percentage this year because he only right. 72. Yeah. But that opens up playing time and shots to get all these other guys okay, experience. But I don't think that the coach was willing to play those guys because he didn't think they were good enough. Right. But you're forced to play the guys. No, you're not. Well, yeah. Mie only played when, when uh, Conley. Now, well, you can argue he should have played guy. more. You're right. But the Jazz had one star missing games. Now, when they went down two. Who else got minutes? I mean, well, some of them uh, went to Joe. Joe Forrest. played bigger minutes. Yes, Forrest got got some playing time. Yeah. It's an interesting dilemma that they have there with those guys because you're you're charged to win games, but then you're supposed to develop. And. I remember Majerus saying many times over when guys were thinking about leaving, and of course he had a stake on if they stayed, but he would say, you can't get better sitting on the bench. There's no amount of practice that is going to make you better, and in particular in a league which doesn't practice that much anyway, relatively speaking, compared to the colleges when you're practicing every day, basically, that you're not playing except for maybe one. And so you don't do that. So what is Quinn Snyder supposed to do? You put in Mieoni, and it seems like it's just one name, by the way. Like, it's not just a last name. It's got to say Mieoni. You Uh, put in Oni. Yeah, nobody ever says that. No. Well, him at a corner three, you just hope that it doesn't clank and the other team gets a fast break over it because it's probably not going in. I mean, you got to be real here. He made a few when he started, and then he missed a lot. But yet he's getting 0 for 1, 0 for 2. Mm-hmm. What do you expect him to do? <laughs> he's, he's not getting enough opportunity to get in any form of rhythm. So it's the, is it not the sort of the ultimate catch-22? Catch-22. I thought you were going to go chicken and the egg, but catch-22 works. Yeah. The old Karnak routine and Johnny Carson. What happens when the other team hits 100 pop-ups to the Dodgers. <laughs> Catch 22. <laughs> I did not remember that. <laughs> A little Karnak there, people. Of all those years. That's what stuck with you. And uh, Jay Leno, when that Anna Nicole Smith married that... Uh, 88-year-old 80, oil magnet, mm-hmm. and how do they have uh, relations? Where there's a will, there's a way. Hell! <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, double meaning there. 
So what what did you expect out of the kid? I mean, I'm cracking on him, but realistically, what do I expect of him? I and mean, he's getting a, here's your shot, buddy. Literally, here's your shot. <laughs> and you better make it. Here is your shot. Not That's not a saying. That's a literal situation. And I get it. But there are other people who are like, well, you don't have to miss your first shot. You You're can only getting your first one. one. You can make your first one, you get a second. <laughs> can you imagine the enormous pressure? I do. I totally get that. <laughs> I'm that I totally get that. Some second round pick trying to make his way here. Yeah. You got I'm gonna you're gonna get a shot. <laughs> oh man. That's a tough situation to be in, though. I mean, how do you expect them to succeed when you're getting, and then you may not get another one for two weeks. <laughs> it's a hard deal for these guys to develop with the pressure of trying to win games. You know, that number one seed was so paramount, and then in the end it didn't much matter. No. Didn't matter for Philly either. I don't think it matters for anybody. Some teams just happen to have it, and then they cash in on it. No, they don't happen to have it. They're the best team. That's why they got it. And that's why they got the championship. Yeah. So they don't happen to get it. They're just, they're really, really good. So... it. Maybe you back off a little bit on that. Maybe we'll see that with the change in management. But, uh, you know, what do you dictate to the coach to do and how much do you want to get involved in that? How does that work? So I can I can clearly see both sides of the story here. And I don't know that I can necessarily pick a side. Normally I pick a side if even if uh, just for the sake of discussion and. You picked the wrong side, and then away we go. Uh, so on this one, I don't know that I can pick a side. <laughs> You're a little late on that one. I was. <laughs> I didn't realize you were talking about you and me. Oh. I was like, well, how does that apply? To, I don't get how that applies to, to Quinn and to Dennis. Oh, wait, it doesn't. It applies to me. And then I laughed, and then you said I was late. That's what was going on in my uh, mind. Okay, I got it. I, I feel for both sides. I don't, I don't have an answer. I don't know that you go this way for sure. You're all in this way, uh, and you're all in that way. I, 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 I don't know what to say. Well, what? I think you've already said it. I think you've already picked your side. You just don't know it. What? When you said favors is one-dimensional. Okay, what do you mean? Explain. Well, I think, I think Dennis likes the traditional big and the four shooters. He was There was a press conference... And we were all trying to find out if Favors was going to be back or not, right? And we kind of knew the answer, but you need him to say it. And he, and he started going in, we don't win the Clipper series a year ago without Derek Favors. Oh, yeah, I asked the question. Which is true, right. And you knew what the answer was, but you were trying to get him to say it. I mean, since we're at this press conference, we might as well try to have people, you know, the people in charge of the decisions kind of tell us what they're going to do. Well, I asked him, could you afford day, uh, uh, could you afford? 19 million? Right. No, they couldn't, which is what they didn't. Exactly. And they still haven't. But he said, we don't win that Clipper series without Derek, because that's the series where Rudy gets hurt in the opening minute of game one and yeah. doesn't come back until game five, 
And the Jazz end up winning in seven. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> so he likes bigs. Now, in the last draft, and in that Trib story you reference that's got, if you, you may know some of it as a fan, you might have figured some of it out, you know, and seen some of it play out, but they got it all there in one place. They got a whole bunch of stuff. Great story. Right? You guys did a great job on okay. it. Okay. So in that story, they talk about the divide on, do you, on the last draft pick. Do you go get Azubuike or not? And there's an argument for and an argument against. And Dennis clearly liked the argument for. Dennis likes the bigs, believes in the rim-protecting big who dominates the paint. And I think Quinn, although he appreciates it, I mean, we've heard him say it about Rudy a million times, uh, he wants smaller, more mobile guys. I think Quinn would prefer to have a bunch of six, eight, six, nine guys who can all shoot the three and who can all move. Uh-huh. And which way is the roster going? And there's this push-pull. And if you're going to get Azubuike, well, then you're not going to get somebody else, right? Yeah, I don't know if there's anybody available. So, but they want to take a shot at somebody. I mean, maybe they think they can develop them. Maybe that guy who didn't develop there would have developed here. Yeah, yeah, I you gotcha. Know? So I think that's the inevitable push-pull. And so now, which way do I think the Jazz are going to go in the future? And as soon as I say it, and I don't know, you know, they'll probably go over here and they'll draft some 7-4 guy we've never heard of. But I think we're going to see him go more for that 6'8", 6'10 guy who's long and athletic and can protect him. Okay, now, everybody wants bench, those guys. What's the difference? Well, maybe he wouldn't sit on the bench, though, because Quinn would think he helps more. Okay. If so, yeah. But was that guy really on the roster? I'd play him if I have him, but I don't have him. You know. Now we're we're kind of guessing here. We know some stuff. We don't know all of it. But I think that's the way they're headed. DJ and PK coming up. What's he going to be, PK? The rookie of the year? Yeah. Did the Jets have the rookie of the year? Is he the number two pick? Oh, I think it's obvious. Out of BYU. Jets reporter Brian Costello, WFAN in New York, joins us next. Stay with us. Win, win, win. It's a win ticket Wednesday on the Zone Sports Network. It's a win ticket Wednesday right here. Win. Listen all day for the win ticket Wednesday sounder for your chance to win tickets. What? Who authorized that? To all the biggest concerts, games, and other great events here in the state of Utah. It's a win ticket Wednesday right here. Right here. Right here. Right here. Woo! On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time to talk Jets football with Brian Costello. Reporter for the New York Post and WFAN, Brian, good morning. Morning, guys. How are you? Did you ever think you'd be on the radio in Utah? <laughs> I've actually been on the radio in Utah quite a bit over the last uh, <laughs> I, I bet you have. <laughs> Brian Costello joining us right now on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah is in an extreme drought currently. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property. Concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation? Find out more at smartrain.net. All right, so uh, I guess first impressions, and do you really put any put anything in anything you've seen so far? Because it's way early. 
Yeah, yeah. No, you take everything with a grain of salt in the spring. They're in shorts. There's no tackling. Um, you know, so you, you, you kind of just have to view it through that lens. But I thought Zach had a good spring. Uh, he didn't look confused. You know, that's something that can happen even in the spring. He looked like he knew where he had to go with the ball, uh, and he was uh, he made some wow throws, you know, which you expect from a guy taking number two overall. Um, but he looked like he belonged, and he, he didn't look overwhelmed at, at, at any time. And there was no practices where he had four interceptions or anything like that. He, he had a couple couple interceptions here and there, but a lot of times it was tip balls and things like that. There, there weren't many throws that made you go, uh, that was a terrible throw. So, um, you know, overall I thought he was pretty impressive this spring. So it looks like they're hitching their wagon to him. It's a new coaching staff and all that, so there's some level of optimism. Do you believe that they are going to just stick with him through thick and thin, knowing that there's probably going to be some, well, I don't know if it's thin or thick, whichever is the bad of the two, going forward? (laughs) He's going to have some growing pains. Does he have to look over his shoulder? Oh, he doesn't look over his shoulder. There's no one there. (laughs) So, I mean, the Jets are really taking a huge risk in their backup quarterback situation, in my opinion, because they don't have a quarterback on the roster right now who's ever taken a snap in an NFL game. Um, So that's not something that's recommended. Uh, And, you know, I haven't seen a quarterback go through 16 games here since 2015, probably was the last time, and that was after Geno Smith got punched and broke his jaw in training camp and Ryan Fitzpatrick being the starter, but... There was almost always this, you know, a little injury here and there. Guys, it was starting quarterback this time, and right now, the Jets have James Morgan, who was a fourth-round draft choice last year and didn't play at all last season, and Mike White, who's uh, been kicked around for a little while but never played in the game, as Zach's backups. And so he has. There's no threat to Zach right now. He's he's all. He, there's there's no one. He doesn't need to look over his shoulder. There's no one there right now. So, what is the number one challenge? for Zach Wilson in your mind? I think it's the same as, you know, every rookie quarterback is just adjusting to NFL defenses. You know, the defenses are going to be so much different than what he saw at BYU. And, I mean, even if he had, even if he had played an SEC schedule, the defenses are different. And now you're talking about, you know, the, the teams that he played at BYU last year were not, you know, even, even that caliber. So, it's going to be defensive coordinators are going to mess with him. Um, and, you know, week two, the Jets play the Patriots, and Bill Belichick loves to face rookie quarterbacks. And he's going to throw things at Zach that he's never seen before, and he's going to have to adjust and adapt. And, and you know, the coaches are going to have to help him through that, really. But I think that that's a big thing. And, you know, the Jets are they're not ready to win right now. They're better than they were last year, but they were a two-win team last year. So he's better four wins this year, five wins. You know, like so he's gonna have to adjust to that and adjust to uh, things. Things do not go well in the NFL unless you're Patrick Mahomes. Really, there's a lot of adversity, and he's gonna have to. We have to see how he handles that. So, Brian, I was born in Exus County, grew up in Morris County, so I understand the people. I am one of them. I am not a nice guy like Jets fans aren't either. And we hear a lot about that in the New York media, and I realize they play in Jersey and all that stuff. Yep. Uh, it seems like that Zach has, from our perspective out here, the temperament to handle all that. What have you seen as far as that goes? Yeah, I think he's well-equipped for it. Um, you know, the people here sometimes make uh, – uh, they made a thing of, oh, he, he's from Utah or he played at BYU. But to me, the BYU quarterback is 
that's a big position. Yeah. You know, that that is you're you're under the under the microscope if you're the BYU quarterback. Um, so I don't see much of a difference for him uh, coming here in that regard in football terms. What's different in New York than anywhere else is off the field. All right, if Zach decides to go out after a game and have dinner with his teammates and that kind of thing and drinks in New York, it's going to be in the paper the next day. That's how, you know, we have page six in the New York Post. <laughs> That's where all the gossip is. If, if Zach, you know, has a new girlfriend and it's going to be in the paper. If Zach's mom is saying stuff on Instagram, it's going to be on our <laughs> website. Like, there's... That's kind of different than what he's probably used to at BYU or if he had been drafted by Jacksonville or drafted by, uh, you know, a team not in his market. Um, that's where it's different. Football-wise, I, I don't think it's different than anywhere else. You know, these guys are always under the microscope, and it's the same way here as it was in Pro Bowl form. Well, if you went out for drinks here, it would be in the paper, too. But that's the, true. That's the true. Instagram, <laughs> that got a laugh out of PK, so that was good. good well, yeah, good I mean, we there. didn't do anything with his mother, and now I understand she's, she blew up right, out, right off the bat with some stuff that, I mean, she's a flamboyant gal and all that stuff, and, you know, she loves to put herself out there. But yeah. we, we just kind of well, roll with it. It doesn't really make news the way it already has there. Yeah, well, and I'll, I'll tell you, like, you know, Mark Sanchez was the quarterback, right? The the our paper, we we were at, um, we actually sent the reporter. We this is when Tebow was on the team. We got a tip that Tebow was living at a golf course in New Jersey, and we sent a reporter and a photographer to try to track Tebow down. Right? They didn't find Tebow. He wasn't there. But what they did see was Mark Sanchez eating uh, on his porch. He lived on the golf course with Ava Longoria. So they took pictures of it. Well, of course. The paper the next day. <laughs> <laughs> and so, that, so that's for me. I have to go to Mark. Well, you know, sorry, Mark. You know, like you have to go. That's, I've had to deal with that with Mark and, and with Sam Darnold was in, was in the paper for going out with his teammates and stuff. So that part of it is different here. Um, but, you know, if he throws four interceptions here, he's going to get the same kind of scrutiny that he would get if he threw four interceptions in Kansas City or Green Bay. It's, it's the same thing football-wise. Would he make news if he goes down the shore? <laughs> he might. He's a, yeah, he might. He might get some pictures. I mean, the Islanders. He went to the Islanders game. That was yeah. Uh, the, with his teammates, so um, you know he's he's going to be a big celebrity here. So quarterbacks are celebrities, but it's still a team game. Has he got good enough teammates around him? Is the line? Well, let's start with the line. Is the line yeah. going to protect him? Because when you tell me I haven't seen a quarterback go 16 games since Fitzpatrick in uh, 2015, the first thing, first thing I think is that O line's getting the quarterbacks beat up. Yeah, and they have. Uh, this O line has been bad for a long time. Now, I'll say Joe Douglas, the GM, who you know he's this, he came in two years ago after the draft, so he's had this was his second full draft this year. He's put more focus on the offensive line than his predecessors have for a while. So he drafted Mackay Beckton last year in the first round, who's you know a giant uh, six seven three sixty left tackle. He drafted Elijah Vera Tucker in the first round this year after Zach uh, from USC. So he's he just signed Morgan Moses, the former Washington right tackle. So he's making an effort. So I think they'll be better. I I don't think they're a good offensive line yet, but I don't expect them to get Zach killed this year. I, I think I think they have. Some pieces. The key with them is just staying healthy. Their offensive line has not stayed healthy. Makai Becton is a that's a big question with him. He didn't he missed two full games last year, parts of four other games. He said he missed the spring this year with a foot injury, which when you're three hundred and sixty pounds, 
you know, foot injury is not good. So um, that's a concern for the Jets. But I think their offensive line is trending in the right direction. And, and I think Zach is going to benefit from the scars that the organization has from Sam Darnold. Uh, you know, Sam was constantly under siege here. Sam didn't really have good receivers to throw to here. The organization recognizes that it did not do what it needed to do for Sam Darnold, and I think Zach Wilson is going to benefit from that. How much of a growing pain experience does the offensive coordinator, Mike LaFleur, LaFleur need? Because he's a youngster himself. He's like 33, 34 yeah. years old, and I know he's been passing game coordinator, but yeah. I believe this would be his first running the show at the NFL level. Yeah, it will be. So, yeah, there's going to be an adjustment there. I mean, it's interesting with the coaching staff. They've got first-time head coach, first-time coordinators in both spots, yeah. offense and defense. So there's going to be growing pains there. Uh, you know, they swear by this offense, and obviously this offense is going everywhere right now. A lot of teams are running it, the um, Shanahan offense. So they feel like it's you – know, I think Salah called it the best offense in the world you know, to run this scheme. So uh, I think they're going to rely heavily on, on what he's learned from Kyle Shanahan. Uh, he worked for Shanahan in Atlanta and in San Francisco. But, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt it's going to take him a little while. There's going to be some hiccups along the way, I'm sure, for this coaching staff. New York Post and WFAN Jets reporter Brian Costello join us here to talk about Zach Wilson and the Jets. So they're coming off a two-win season, but they're also only two years removed from a seven-win season. What constitutes an acceptable season and progress? Yeah, I don't know if there's a number like record-wise. I think it's just you need to see them trend in the right direction. I think if Zach shows a lot of promise, they'll feel good about that. They have a lot of younger players. They see some development there. They'll feel good. Um, you know, they just they looked inept last season. Um, obviously, you win two games. So they, they lost their first 13 games. They were there was games they just were not even in. Um, so I think just being more competitive, playing closer games, will be a step in the right direction. And yeah, you know, I, I don't think anyone has delusions around the Jets of them being a playoff team this year. But I think if, if they can get five six wins, uh, that's I think that's a huge step for them after two wins last year. Also, too, it seemed like for years. The division was the big dog and then the little dogs, basically. Yeah. And obviously the Patriots have taken a little bit of a hit. We'll see to what extent. I'm not sure last year was a complete and total fair evaluation. But you look at a couple other teams, notably the Bills in the division, it seems like you know, certainly the Bills are on the come, and I can argue that the Dolphins are getting better. So I can make a, I can make a statement and have some validity that the division is getting better compared to what it used to be, which would increase the difficulty for the Jets of being successful since they have to play these teams twice each. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's more difficult because obviously when it was the Patriots, you, you had no chance. There was no chance of winning the division. You know, every year. You I'm just talking about winning win games, division. though, not winning, winning the division. Games. Yeah, I mean, there's been, yeah, I, I mean, the Bills, I think the Bills right now are obviously the, the best team. I'm not sold on the Dolphins completely. I need to see more from Tua, so okay. I, I don't, you know, I don't necessarily look at that and go, oh, "That's two losses for sure." I think the Bills right now it would be a huge upset if the Jets won a game from them, and the Patriots. I don't know what to make of the Patriots. Like you said, last year was kind of a weird year for them, um, and they obviously spent a ton of money in free agency this year. So I, I'm curious to see what they look like. I, you know, it'd still be an upset, I guess, if the Jets won a game from them, but I feel like they're a little, they're closer there uh the division it, it's 
it's more interesting than it's been in a long time. Uh, I'll say that because I don't. Since Buffalo, they look good on paper, but they're going from being you know the scrappy underdogs now to being the hunted. And I'm sure I'm curious to see how they respond to that. And, uh, and they've had very good luck with injuries the last few years. Uh, at some point, they're going to have a year where the injuries get them. Um, so it, it's a, I think the division is more open than it's been. Um, but, you know, the Jets are clearly fourth and chasing those other three teams right now. So then there's also how much good pub is the other team getting, and that's the Giants. If they are a mess, does that divert the spotlight a little bit? I mean, <laughs> you have to be good and you have to win in the long run. It's yeah. all about you. But in the short run, hey, don't look at this. Look at that wreck over there. So how good are the Giants <laughs> yeah. going to be? Uh, they're, they have a they have a huge question at quarterback with Daniel Jones. You know he's entering his third year. He's sort of in the Sam Darnold seat that was last year. Uh, what he can do in the third year. So I think the Giants are better. They, they got Kenny Galladay, who I thought was a good signing. Um, they have Saquon Barkley coming back off at ACL. If he can be a hundred percent, they'll be a lot better, obviously with him. So yeah, there's going to be a lot more focus on the Giants than the Jets in terms of scrutiny this year. I think the Jets have a nice little honeymoon for the season because uh, Salah is very popular, a new coach. Uh, you know, Zach being a rookie quarterback is going to get a lot of slack this year. So the Giants are probably going to be a lot more under fire than the Jets this year unless they really have a, you know, horrible, horrible, horrible season. Um, but if, if, they, if they can win some games, I don't think there's going to be a lot of attention paid to the Jets' uh, problems this year. Can you save me a table at Star Tavern this weekend? <laughs> I, I am talking to you from West Orange. I know you are. New Jersey. So, yep, yep. So, there you go. Yep, I'm, I am. Uh, yeah, Star Tavern is the best uh, the best bar pizza you'll find. <laughs> 11 Lafayette Street. That's where my mother grew up in West Orange. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Small world. Yep. All the way out here, huh? Believe me, I am a fish out of water. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, we appreciate the time. Thanks for hopping on with us, and uh, we'll probably bother you again later this season. <laughs> Anytime, guys. Thanks All for right. having me. Brian Costello, reporter for the New York Post and WFAN, giving us the update on Zach Wilson. You're practically an honorary North Jersey resident, aren't you? I've gotten a lot of knowledge <laughs> for a place I've never been. I was going to say. <laughs> West Orange, that's, uh, that's where my mother grew up. That's where... Uh, I spent many, many, many years. That's where my, my, my grandmother grew up in a house. She grew up in the house, and then my grandfather bought the house. So they raised all 10 kids in the house. So that house had since been sold, but uh, it was in the family of over 100 years. That's, that's crazy, isn't it? Had some home repairs to do there over the course of 100 years. <laughs> yeah. And they, they don't say go to the beach there. They say down the shore. Yeah, there's a lot of words and phrases <laughs> like that that just don't don't match up. That's what they talk about. You're going down the shore this weekend. They won't say you're going to the beach. To go to the beach, do you have to go down to the shore? Is it south? And a little southeast. Yeah. yeah. Not much, but yeah. But if it's a... Even if you're I just at the shore, where the you expression. say down the shore. Yeah, I, I, just I don't wonder, know. I have no, yeah, idea. no idea. Okay. At one time, my my daughter, well, my daughter, no, my wife, was saying it to my niece. Uh, they came out to visit us in California, and she said to her, "So, do you guys, uh, do you, you going to go down the shore?" My niece, who was born and raised in Phoenix, 
looked at her like, what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> she's part of the family, but she's not from the Jersey part of the family. <laughs> you got to pay to go, go down the shore? Yes, you have to get beach tags. You're not allowed on the sand unless you pay. Yes, you have to have... That is really a foreign concept to California guy. <laughs> you can buy daily, weekly, monthly, seasonal, what they call beach tags, and then they hire kids to come around... And check your... And you, you'll be sitting there on a lounge chair, and they'll say, do you have your beach tags? And so then you have to take it out and you have to show them your literal beach tags. I have some beach tags that I've kept as souvenirs. Yeah, so you have to show them, and then if you don't, then you got to go pay. Uh, some people try to sneak on. Uh, even even the boardwalk, it will end. Is that controversial go, at all? No, it's a way of life. It's just the way it is, so everyone accepts it. It's just like you don't, there's no self-service gas stations. They still have, you can't mm-hmm. pump your gas. It's like Oregon. Yeah, I think that's the other state that does yeah. that actually too, yeah. So, I mean, you just, it's the way of life. I went to Oregon, and I, I tried to get out of my car, and like, no. Yeah, I know. Right? Like, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, that's what I grew up with. I, I, to you, it would be, because it's completely and totally foreign. You don't do that at all. Right. And I've been to the beach in many places uh, on the Atlantic coast. Uh, in the West Coast, I've only been to California. Uh, as far as recreation, I mean, I've been to other, but I mean, just to go hang out at the beach, it's only been California, and obviously you don't pay, but back there you do. Just in Jersey or the whole East Coast? Does the whole East Coast No, that's what I'm saying. I've been to other places on the East Coast that, you know, my I'm Florida, multiple places in Florida. Uh, are free. South Carolina? Free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just yeah, walk okay. out. I'm saying, yeah. Jersey, they have what they call, they make you pay, and you get, they call them beach tags. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Dan Devine, NBA writer for The Ringer, coming up at 9.30. Stay with us. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. He works for Bleacher Report Mode to Kill with his... With them already over the cap. If they just let Mike Connolly walk away, it's not like they have the money to go replace him. Because they have bird rights and things like that, they can go over the cap to sign him. It's not as easy, you know, as, as it just seems. Logically, you just be like, oh, well, you can just go spend the $20 million else, elsewhere. It's not the way it works with, with the way the cap is set up in the current situation with the Jazz. They got to re-sign him. And then from there, you can build out. You got to re-sign Mike Connolly. And you got to start looking at other places and where you can make adjustments. Nothing should really be off the table except Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell are coming back next year. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're brought to you in part by SNS Roofing. SNS Roofing is your locally owned roof repairs experts. For a free quote and for all your roofing needs, call SNS Roofing and they'll get their experts on the job for you. So do you think Zach Wilson is going to be the most scrutinized player ever to come out of the state of Utah? Uh, that's a good question. Steve Young was pretty scrutinized yeah, but taking not over for a, a dynasty. Yeah, not, not, not immediately. Say, I mean, there was the L.A. Express around. thing, and then there was Tampa Bay. Yeah. But he's certainly scrutinized. So most scrutinized as a rookie – uh, the only you got Alex Smith that that it'd be him and Alex and I I was wondering how much his story is going to parallel Alex, Alex Smith I think it's going to be far more intense 
was going to say New York media. I know that the Bay Area is big. But New York's one of a kind. I mean, I just say, having yeah. the post, the post alone changes. Is there, there's nothing close to the post in L.A., is there? TMZ, I guess, now. Used to be the Herald Examiner back in the day, but yeah. it's went under. TMZ is the one, though, who would send a crew out the to find somebody, zone. and then, oh, they're not yeah. there, but here's a, here's a mega TV star with a oh, quarterback, yeah. Oh, yeah. so we'll take a photo well, and we'll roll with it. TMZ is where I first saw the Trevor Bauer story, and then it got picked up. TMZ is where I first saw the Kobe Bryant story, and then obviously it, it, it blew up in that unfortunate situation. Herald Examiner was sort of the New York Post of its time. They offered me a job, and then two days later, the paper folded. It's a good thing I didn't take it. <laughs> Missed it by that much. I had taken a vacation from work and went up there, because it was downtown and I was in the South Bay, and worked there on a vacation for a week. Oh, yeah. I got two weeks vacation. I burned one of them working. <laughs> Anything uh, to get ahead. Yeah, 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 exactly, in those days for sure. And uh, then about a month later, they offered me the job, and then two days later... It, it they announced it was folding. It was, like it was on a Tuesday, and then on a Thursday they announced it was folding, and then the last edition was like on a Friday. Uh, but no, I think that Zach is going to be under the microscope, and then his mother is flamboyant, and so they've already picked up on that. Now I get a kick out of her. I, to me, I think she's harmless. Uh, but one little thing, I mean, they they trace Zach had retweeted something out of a conservative website. So, I mean, you can't do that. you got to be on the right side of history here or else, I mean, you're you're a racist through and through, you know, unless you think a certain way. Open-minded people certainly are open-minded. Uh, so the amount of scrutiny he's going to face is because he was, he was basically the number one player taken where there was a question. Trevor Lawrence has been the number one pick for three years. And goes to Jacksonville and won't be nearly as scrutinized. No. It's New York, baby. And Urban has just an enormous way of attracting attention. Take the spotlight off you a little bit. Yeah. I mean, Only he, the Giants can take the spotlight off the Jets. He's, I mean, he's such a, I don't want to say polarizing, but he's such a monumental figure uh, in everything that he does. A guy... He's, I've never been around it's not, anybody. It's like more her. like gravitational pull. Whatever it is, he's he's something. So Zach, I believe he's going to succeed. Maybe it's because I want him to succeed. Uh, but yeah, you're a little worried about what they've got around him, though. You don't do it by him for the time by no, yourself. I've said football is the ultimate team game. And the question you just brought up: the lack of experience on the coaching staff. You got a first-time head coach. You got an offensive coordinator who's in his early to mid-30s, which by the NFL standards, very young. Yeah, he was passing game coordinator a couple of years in San Francisco. In Atlanta, he was just listed as an offensive assistant under Shanahan. And so you're buying into, you know, when you have the Shanahan tree, it basically originates with Mike, which goes back to a lot of legendary quarterbacks. So there's a pedigree there for sure. But now you're calling the plays on your own. And every freaking play is going to be scrutinized through and through here because the Jets have got to show some progress. Uh, you, you can't go 2-14 and 14 again. Even though, uh, what was it, Troy Aikman went, or Peyton Manning, one of those guys went like 1-15 his first year. Troy went 1-15, yeah. Yeah, I just don't think that in today's world 
you can get away with. I mean, look at Darnold, you know, basically gone. And I still think Darnold has an opportunity to be a really good quarterback, and that's probably my Pac-12 bias. But what was it, two years and he's out the door? Well, that's why Brian Costello says timing's everything, and Zach's going to benefit from all the mistakes they made in the, in the previous era. Uh, I don't know about that. I think the fan base has just has zero patience. So they've got to show some type of progress. But the Dolphins went in last year with Tua, and what? how many games did they win? Seven? What, they, what Eight? What, what were they? And I think he's better than Tua. But, okay, but is the talent there? See, here's the thing. Is there talent on the roster, but Gaze was, the dude was out there. <laughs> I don't know how to well, put it was that great man walking. So right. it's like get and over so with. Maybe they had more talent than two and fourteen, and there's more talent there to to bounce back yeah. a little more quickly. Well, I think to, under their situation, the players the, knew this guy's going nowhere. Dolphins went ten and six last year. Okay, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, they overachieved. And, and, and yet, way. Brian Costello says he doesn't believe in them. And they won 10, 10 ball games. And then Tua didn't have any kind of stats. I was going to say, it was Tua, it was Fitzpatrick who was more the engine. Earlier. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he got was the last time the Jets won 10 games. I was going to say. That's the last time the Jets uh, had a winning season. Yeah. I suspect that they'll be better just because this coach is going to be there. These players know, if I don't listen to him, I'm out the door. Whereas before, why listen to this guy? Because he's, he's not going to be around here. This is a waste of time. All right, DJ and PK, we mentioned we got Bees tickets. Let's do that right now. We got a uh, four-pack of tickets to see the Bees. Bees are going to start a six-game homestand against the Sacramento Rivercats. It's going to run July 8th through the 13th. You can go out and support the Bees. It's better at the ballpark. Tickets are on sale now at slbees.com. We have four tickets to the game on July 8th. This is your chance to win tickets. Win. It's a win ticket Wednesday. Wednesday. Caller number 12 right now at 855-340-ZONE. And you'll win tickets right here on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE. Call right now. Caller 12. Yach will talk to you and get you hooked up. With the tickets to see the bees on July eighth. That's next week. The weather's supposed to be awesome. Dan Devine, the ringer, gonna join us in the nine o'clock hour. He's coming up in about half an hour, right here on 97.5 at 1280 the zone.